the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCP. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Hey, Marcus. How's it going? It's uh, Wednesday. It's the middle of the week. Uh, It's the toughest part of the week because you got to get over the hump. Uh, and uh, the middle of the offensive line is what we're going to talk about today. It's the toughest part of the offensive line. You, you so, are so uh, good at these. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. So The funny part is that I laugh because I always come up with them like in the intro while we're, com- while we're coming into this, and uh, I, I always, I'm always very self-satisfied with what I come up with. Yeah. Uh, good job, buddy. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about the Cowboys' interior offensive line. It's a, a very interesting position because you've got one established all-pro guy. you got a <laughs> – let's say an average to maybe slightly above average starter. And then you've got basically an unknown at center. So uh, I want to start with Zach Martin. Uh, My biggest question about Zach Martin for you, Landon, isn't about his play because we know he's an absolutely dominant right guard. It's are you concerned about some of these injury things, right? He was never really fully healthy last year. Are you concerned that we're getting to the stage of his career where he's always going to be a little nicked up? You know, I I, I think – from what we've seen with him, um, you know, it's 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 been a lot of nicks and bruises. And, and the funny thing is, is that he's never really had that so much throughout his career. He's been a no. pretty consistent guy. I mean, he's uh, he's played, you know, the most of the games. In fact, I think he had a, a little streak going for a little while of of uh, of, of consecutive games started. Um, you know, it, it's something that happens to all players at a certain point. Mm-hmm. You know, the father time catches up with them. I don't know if we're quite to the point yet where, um, you know, you're going to expect it for him to miss X amount of games like like we were at a certain point with Tyron Smith, and we might still be obviously. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think you know it was definitely unusual last year to kind of start to see some of that uh, creep into him a little bit and, and obviously miss games, uh, but at the same time, you know, I mean. You have to consider that you get you get injured when you really kind of overexert yourself. And Zach Martin was basically trying to hold this offensive line together by himself at a yeah. at a certain point. So uh, I'm I'm hoping with you know a little bit more stability around him and and less kind of desperation to make something happen. Uh, he could play a little bit more inside of himself and not get you know nicked up as much trying to like overexert himself trying to you know be a hero in the middle of that offensive line. I still think he's only like 30 years old, which is actually. Yeah fairly young for like a guard. So let's just hope it's a fluke thing. It seems like it kind of was, I think he got hurt. Was it in the Browns game? Maybe? That sounds or, right. Yeah. Around then. Um, and then he had to play right tackle and it seemed like that messed him up a little bit as well. So. Yeah. That's something worth, worth considering too, is that he hadn't played tackle in you know, X amount of years and he had, I don't think he had ever played right tackle. No. Um, and, and so like, you know, whatever you have are asked to do something that you're not, normally comfortable doing or, or you're asked to do something outside of your kind of normal uh functions as a football player that's when that's when the injuries happen right and, yes. and, and whether it's yeah. whether it's zach trying to exert himself too hard to try to 
you know, be a hero on that offensive line or having to play a right tackle position that he's not, you know, normally playing or hasn't played in a long time or, you know, has very little experience in, or in his, this case, both, right? Yep. Like yep. he, it, it definitely is, could be a, res, a, a recipe for disaster. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, it did end up, you know, resulting in him getting nicked up a little bit. And hopefully that's not what's going to happen this year. Hopefully he'll play with a little bit, have a little bit more, op, more opportunity to play consistently the way he's comfortable. And, and that'll mean less, less wear and tear. All right. I actually want to move on from Zach Martin because he's the least interesting thing about this offensive line, right? Because he's so good. We know what he is. Yeah. We know what he is. We know what he can do. We know that if he's healthy for 16, 17 games, he's going to give you all pro level production. Uh, That's fantastic. It's everything else. that's a question mark. I want to talk about Connor Williams landing because I feel like this is maybe the player that Cowboys nation in general. And I disagree with the most because I think the, the general thought on Connor Williams is he's an average to maybe slightly below average guard. And it seems like a lot of people want to replace him uh, and that he's the biggest weak, you know, he's the the weakest link on this offensive line. I I don't see that at all. I think last year he played (laughs) the best football of his career. I think he's an ascending player, right? He's going into year four. It's also important to remember, like he was coming off a late season torn ACL after the 2019 season. So, um, I think he's just fine as your left guard. What are your thoughts on Connor Williams entering 2021? Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of people's, you know, uh, got bad impression, got bad taste in their mouth by his play uh, in week one when, like you mentioned, he was coming off of a shortened uh, recovery time off an ACL injury and then having to face Aaron Donald, you know? Uh, So I think if you watch what he did throughout the season, um, I mean, I, I think it's obvious to call him the most consistent offensive lineman on this team no last doubt. year because he was the only one who probably played all 16 games or, or even close to it. So, yeah, and so that's that. Uh, you know, I think that there's something. Uh, I think his play last year was was better than most people give him credit for, and I also think that there's some value for him, uh, a guy who, you know, ultimately was drafted as kind of the final piece of a five-man offensive line when he came into the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, as things happen, things happen. You know, we, you lose Frederick and, and, and things shift a little bit. And then he comes into this year, a year where he's supposed to take this big leap, uh, but he's coming off an ACL injury. He's got injuries all around him. All of that considered, he he went through last year with through a lot of adversity and, and was, like I said, you know, at certain points, the only stable piece of this offensive line, which is crazy when you think about the people that are on this offensive line. So the fact that he was able to get through that and on the other side uh, and play the way he did by the end of the season, um, I- I'm excited to see where he is coming into this year. I mean, I, I think that there's an opportunity for him uh, to kind of take a little bit of a jump simply because he's gotten more experience. He's now a, a, a year further away from that from that injury. Um, and, and I think that that there's two ways that you're either going to sink or swim after a season like like last year for Connor Williams. Uh, so and I think that just based on what we saw from him last year, especially near the end of the season, uh, he was getting better. And, and I think that that's that's there's more opportunity for him to have gotten better over the offseason. And, and I just based on what we saw from his, uh, you know, uh, him facing adversity last year, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him be even a step above where he was last year coming in. All right, so a couple things on on Connor Williams. We talked about the the ACL. He should be, you know, two years removed basically from that now, so that should help. He actually yeah. just turned twenty four in May, so he's still incredibly, incredibly young. 
Uh, the thing about Connor Williams coming into the NFL lane, and if you remember, was a lot of people thought he needed to add weight and kind of grow into his body, right? And we knew yeah. that that was going to take two, three, four years to do. We're now at that fourth year stage, right? So it wouldn't shock me at all if he does have a career year. I also want to mention our friends at Pro Football Focus, right? Like you might not agree with everything that they post for grade-wise, but it's pretty important to note that they've graded him significantly better every season that he's been in the NFL. In 2020, he graded out as the 16th best guard in football. And you might be thinking, well, that's not great. There's 30, what, 32 teams, and there's that's two good. starting offensive linemen, two starting guards for every team, plus all these guys that get injured. So if you're inside the top 15, 16, that's, that's, not, that's not bad. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to really quickly, before we go on to somebody else, I think it would be wise for the Cowboys to lock up Connor Williams now before he has an even better season, get some more stability there on the offensive line. Would you be opposed to the Cowboys looking to extend Connor? I, I wouldn't um, simply, you know, because, and we'll talk about Connor McGovern uh, here in a second. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that there's, I don't know what your other options are at this point. I mean, I mean, other than to go into the draft and try to find an off, another offensive lineman or, or maybe sign, you know, a vet free agent that you like. So I, I, I think here's the thing: you, you let's say that you you do you let that happen, right? You're hoping to find somebody in the second round that's as good as Connor Williams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the truth. I I I I, I think that the Cowboys, if they could afford it, they should do it. Uh, you know, simply because, like I said, you know, I think they drafted Connor McGovern with the idea of having some flexibility here and maybe having some competition. I don't know that even Connor McGovern is going to be competing for a starting job. A training camp. I mean, I think it sounds no, like Connor Williams is firmly entrenched in that job. Um, I, and if that's I think it's, we'll talk about Connor McGovern, but I think it's more likely he's competing for the swing spot than a starting spot, right? Yeah, I, I agree, and and I think that that shows you kind of where they think Connor Williams is, and and so yeah, offensive line is a position that is clearly not so easy to find and not so easy to develop. Uh, and if Connor Williams is willing to take a kind of a sweetheart deal before he really kind of breaks out, uh, I think the Cowboys should jump on it simply because of the, you know, the, the lack of, of, of quality depth of offensive line in, 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 the, in the NFL. And I think the Cowboys experienced quite a bit of that last year after a rash of injuries. So uh, yeah, I certainly am not opposed to it. I, I think that, you know, like I said, I expect him to maybe take a step this year. So signing him before he does and shows that, uh, probably wouldn't be the worst idea. And, you know, it gives you a little bit more kind of long-term security mm -hmm. on this offensive line uh, when, you you know, you look at Lael Collins, you look at Tyron Smith, and right now you don't really know exactly what their, you know, two- to three-year plan is. Right now we're mm -hmm. just hoping to see what, what happens for this season. Signing Connor Williams would give you kind of a little bit more stability. And a guy that, you know, potentially if you needed to uh, – in a pinch, you can swing him out to tackle. You can swing him back out to tackle and, and play him there if something happens with Lael or, or, or Tyron Smith. So, uh, I yeah, I like Connor Williams. I like that you know he's developed and he's gotten better every year, like you just mentioned. Um, and I think the fact that he has some versatility to his game, you know, like Zach Martin in the sense that he's played tackle before. Yep. He knows. Yep. But, but I think that that has value as well. And and if the Cowboys re-sign him, I, I wouldn't bat an eye. All right, using over the caps valuation. You tell me just really quickly before we go into break, which one of these players you would take at this amount of money? Connor Williams at eight million dollars a year, Randy Gregory at ten million, or Michael Gallup at twelve million? I think I have to see how the season plays out a little okay. bit more because what a cop out. 
My, well, <laughs> uh, my immediate answer, my my immediate answer is Randy Gregory because I, mm. I'm concerned that what's the pass rush situation if you know Demarcus Lawrence starts to kind of creep back to regression and, and starts getting older and you know my philosophy though spend the money on offense it's more stable and then draft defense right like i think i would rather keep the offensive line intact and spend picks on the pass rushers and the other way around i i understand that for to, to a certain degree but i also think that the other aspect of that is how easy is it to develop these positions and offensive line and, def- and defensive pass rusher i think are similar in that it's harder at times to kind of just pop them in and have sure success so uh yeah i think it's not easy i i i my like i said my initial thought was randy gregory just because of the lack of the pass rush talent necessarily we would have at that point but i mean i could certainly i could certainly be talking to connor williams at that price all right let's take a quick break so i can tell you guys about bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action on bet online Get the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs of the playoffs. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I saw you watching golf yesterday, Landon. I, I I'm sure you were using Bet Online to, to place your wagers, right? I, I I was uh, making huge wagers on uh, whether or not was it Aaron Rodgers that was playing golf <laughs> yeah, yesterday for some yeah. reason. Uh, uh, former Packer quarterback, yep. Beat Tom Brady, yeah, former <laughs> Packer uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, I I I I'm shocked that that people got fooled into watching golf yesterday. That's, that's oh, it's not fool. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I thought it was great. All right, we're we're not talking about that though. We're talking about the interior offensive line, and I want to talk about Tyler Biotish. Um, mm. Uh, another Wisconsin guy. Uh, Tyler yeah. Biotis had a very up-and-down rookie season. I thought at times he looked really, really good. Uh, there was also some games in which he struggled. So entering year two, it appears that Tyler Biotis is the clear-cut center, starting center for the Cowboys. How do you feel about that? You know, you, your description of his season is a lot like my description of my golf game, ironically enough. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think he... You know, I think going into the season, we had uh, hoped and uh, anticipated that Tyler Biotis would find a way to, to, to take that job uh, from Joe Looney early. Um, you know, I think we all we all like Joe Looney and think he's a personable guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's he served uh, an admirable job at center when when um, Frederick went down at certain points early on with with the uh, with the syndrome. Uh, Gillian Barr syndrome, and and, and I, I think that, the, but the thought process was when Tyler Biotish got drafted that that hopefully he would be able to earn that spot and and, and be an improvement, uh, you know, at the starting center position going into la- last year. Mm-hmm. You know, COVID happened, OTAs happened, that didn't quite, you know, get developed the way that that we all had hoped and anticipated. Um, but but opportunity still knocked for him a little bit later in the season as you know injuries started to pile up sure. and he got in and, and I think that he played admirably uh, and then as he was playing more and more he was playing well yes uh, he was. And, yeah. and, he, and he clearly started to kind of uh, uh, the, the light switch came on for him and he seemed comfortable with what he was doing and 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 at least with what they were asking him to do he didn't feel it didn't feel out of place and, and I think that we don't really know 
you know, how much in charge he was of, of making line calls versus Dak. And, and well, I mean, it wasn't Dak. It was Andy Dalton at large portions. Uh, but I think that the point is, is that, you know, the initial aspect of getting him on the field and getting him comfortable playing in an NFL game, uh, that part's done. Now it's about him uh, becoming more of a student game center, such a cerebral position. You have to know the calls. You have to know uh, uh, the line, the alignments, uh, and, and how you're blocking blocking it up in the run game. You got to know uh, how to assign uh, jobs in in the, uh, in the in pass protection and, and know all the pass protections, obviously inside and out, uh, and know how to make all the adjustments. So uh, there's certainly a uh, a mental. Uh, aspect of this game that he's really going to have to get a grip on. And, and that's not to say that he has it. It's just, that's just the reality of the position. So the fact that he got some uh, opportunity to get some snaps last year, I think was good for, again, just his, the physicality of knowing what the speed is like, knowing what the physical requirements are for you to be able to function on an NFL field. Uh, and then that helps him kind of set his offseason go- strength goals and speed goals and that sort of thing. And then the other aspect for him again is 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 a lot of study. And a, and I you know you heard it. And I think in an interview with him, uh, you know when they were interviewing guys during minicamp that he spent a lot of time this offseason with Dak, which is great. Uh, he spent a lot of time over at his house and just kind of mm-hmm. you know they would talk about how they view things and how they see things. And that's really really important because if you remember you know the conversations that Frederick and Dak and Frederick and Romo had, uh, it was all about making sure that the quarterback and the center both saw the defense the same way so that the line calls got made correctly. So uh, Biotis has got a lot on his plate this offseason, and I don't think we talk about it a- enough because I think it's. Uh, uh, you know, it's a foregone conclusion that he's coming in as the starter, and I, and I think that he it is a foregone conclusion that he'll yeah, come he in is. as the starter. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that there we should also uh, uh, recognize uh, the difficulty that it, it is to kind of step in uh, as a year two player uh, and, and starting an offensive line like this. Again, need to provide some context here for Tyler Biotis. The reason why he fell to the end of the fourth round was due to, to an injury, right? Yeah, and there were absolutely. some concerns that. He might not be able to play right away, right? Well, <laughs> the Cowboys <laughs> had a shortened training camp. They had no preseason. And then Tyler Biotis has to come in and play. And then when he did play, Landon, uh, he, I believe he had six starts. I'm looking at it now. Here's the quarterbacks that he played with. Dak, Dak, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton for a half, Ben DiNucci, Garrett Gilbert. There, that's Oh, yeah, that's right. He was there for the Gilbert game. So I, it was all – I mean – basically playing with four different quarterbacks and playing with guys that are rotating in and out at guard and tackle next to him, plus going up against some pretty good defensive lines like Pittsburgh and some Arizona. I mean, it, a lot was going wrong for Tyler Biotis, and yet I think he still kept his head above the water for the most part. I think he is somebody who could take a monster, monster yeah. leap in year two just because it seems like things have settled around him a little bit, like both guards are coming back. The tackles are coming back. He's coming back with a quarterback that should help him a little bit more. He's going to get significantly more snaps in practice yeah. and in preseason. I just think we're we're in for a big Tyler Biotis season. And frankly, the Cowboys need him to be really good. Yeah. Like, if, if this offense wants to be top two or three, they're going to need uh, the, the interior of the offensive line to be good, and they're going to need Biotis to be good. Yeah, and I think you 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 – you put in even better context there. I mean, and, and, and if I remember correctly too, he started a couple games and then Joe Looney got healthy and I think they, they swapped them back, didn't they? Well, like, yeah, I mean, I remember there was a game, just to show you how ridiculous their season was, Tyler Biotis got hurt. Oh, he pulled his hamstring, like walking. That's right, in practice tunnel. or something, yeah. No, like it, was the walking, last... it was 
it, they were ready for the week, and he was walking to the t- like out of the tunnel onto the That's field. That's what it and he was. Pulled his hamstring. I, did, I, I thought it was like the last rep or so. It was something dumb, but yeah, I was walking out of the tunnel. That's right. So like you have your starting center get hurt as you're about to take the field. I mean, it was just a disaster season for so many different reasons, and that kind of sums it up. Um, I want to talk about some of the reserves that the Cowboys have on this mm-hmm. team because it's <laughs> it's very important that they have some some quality depth. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar, the absolute best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard to even explain it. Real chocolate with amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste absolutely fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next box at BuiltBar.com. All right, Lena, we're going to take like a minute on each one of these guys. Uh, Connor McGovern, entering year three, only played a handful of snaps last year. What are you expecting from McGovern? I really have no idea, honestly. I mean, yeah. I, I think you know what we saw last year was okay at times, but he 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 played like he was a rookie. I mean, he you know it, it's he has some natural talent, but uh, you know I saw a lot of waist bending. I saw a lot of uh, you know technique stuff that felt like it needed to kind of be cleaned up. I, you know, I think that he has uh, 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 upside that that could make him a starter. I mean, I think, but I think it's not all there. And he's had such a disjointed career so far uh, in the in these two years. I mean, obviously, basically getting a red shirt his his rookie year, and then uh, last year, kind of just being very. I mean, still kind of dealing with injuries, and then kind of uh, you know being yo-yoed in and out of 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 healthy, and then finally getting some t- playing time and kind of you know playing okay. Uh, but again, like it's all in the context of the fact that he was surrounded by. Uh, all these backups as well, and that he was playing amongst a, a, a second offensive line that was going against you know NFL first team defensive lines, and a lot of these games. So uh, it's hard. It's hard not to get. I think Connor McGovern is one of the guys that it's hardest not to get that 2020 taste out of your mouth, right? Because that's the only real uh, snaps we've seen of this guy so far. And and you know this is a third round pick. This was a guy that. You know, we were told was a red blinking light. You know, when he got drafted, so uh, you know expectations were high for him when he got on the field, um, and he was okay, not great. Um, and I, I'm, I, I, I think that there should be an expectation of a jump this year. And if there isn't a jump coming into this year, I think you, you start to have some concerns about whether Connor McGovern is really going to kind of be the set sort of player that you had hoped for when you drafted him yep. in the third round. Connor McGovern has taken zero preseason snaps to the Cowboys in two years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he just doesn't have a lot of work in. Basically, got hurt what right away in 2019 in training camp, so missed all of that training camp. Then again, Cowboys had what nine training camp practices last year, and who knows how many he even practiced then. So, yeah, it, he's a big, big unknown. I, I think there are some encouraging things about him. Like, I think in the Minnesota game, he played pretty good. Even in the Ravens game, I think he handled himself well, but there was other games throughout the year where he really, really struggled. The Eagles game was one of them. I think he's somebody that I'm really curious to see in training camp and preseason how he looks. Did he change his body? Does he feel more comfortable? Uh, Because they're going to need him. Uh, Two more guys. Uh, Brandon Knight making the transition from tackle to guard. I don't see a guard. I see a tackle. Um, But what, what say you? I think he can play guard if he needs to. I mean, I, I think he needs to put on maybe a little bit more uh, weight, 
you know, just to kind of solidify himself and, and maybe anchor a little bit better. But Brandon Knight is an absolute tough guy uh, yeah. and a, a smart player and a guy who uh, I feel like is just, you know, kind of an old school offensive lineman type. You can put, line him up wherever and he'll, you know, take a punch from whatever defensive lineman you've, you've got across him and he'll stay on his ground. Uh, you know, he wasn't fantastic as a tackle. Uh, I mean, a lot of it was because he was injured, but I think he played as well as anybody else did as far yep. as the backups there. Uh, and I'm, I think at guard, uh, maybe it helps if he can get some better strength, it kind of helps, uh, uh, lessen the blunt of, of, of some of his weaknesses, which include, you know, kind of not being the most elite athlete, despite being pretty good mover for a guy, his size and play style. And the guy that he's likely to compete with for, you know, a spot in this roster is Matt Farniak, who the Cowboys took, uh, I believe, in the seventh round uh, yep. from Nebraska, can play center, can play guard. I believe he even has a little bit of tackle or tackle experience. Um, if you had to, if you had to bet on one of these guys making the roster, which one would you pick? Man, it's tough. I mean, if it's only just one of them, it, it might be it might be Farniak. I mean, just because they, they you know they'll light their draft picks. I don't He's know that Farniak though. That, that's I what know. gives I me mean, a little bit of pause. I I agree, and and I, I if Connor McGovern takes a step or two, then I think it's probably him. Um, but if he doesn't, if he just still kind of is just you know lingering. Brandon Knight is like, I mean, Brandon Knight will force you to keep him on the team just because he'll. He's he'll, the perfect last guy to have on your roster. Yeah, and I and I think that I, I think that if if no one will take that job from him, then he'll have it. But I also think that Farniak is a you know a Nebraska offensive lineman is a two time captain, so he's got he's got mm -hmm. skins on the wall. He's he's played a lot of football. Uh, in a lot of different positions, and and you know you know how coaching staffs are. They like their guys. They drafted yeah. this guy. They didn't draft Connor McGovern. They didn't you know they didn't sign Brandon Knight. So uh, there may be some bias there. And if if you know if everything's tied, Ty goes the runner for Farniak. I think so. Uh, otherwise, if if not, I, I mean I, Brandon Knight to me seems like the perfect swing guy just because yeah, that's you're right. for me. Play. I'd rather have the guy that can play tackle in a pinch, right? And I, I mean, I, maybe Farniak can. Maybe we'll see it in preseason. But I I've at least seen Brandon Knight play multiple games at tackle, left tackle in the NFL. Yep. Give me that guy. I've got a feeling that you could probably stash Farniak on the practice squad, being a seventh round pick, um, especially if he doesn't play a ton in the preseason. That's kind of the way I lean, but again, until but we get if he has camp, a good training camp, uh, if you he know, has a good training camp and he looks competent, we know how much the NFL loves even semi-competent offensive linemen. Uh, the Cowboys might have no choice. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Continue to support us on YouTube. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow the Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We will see you next time.